Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, November 23rd. We begin with Premier Danielle Smith's address to Albertans on Tuesday night, which featured a major focus on inflation relief measures. We get reaction from Chris Sims, Provincial Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Next, the Ukrainian people are gearing up for a cold winter with the possibility of being without power until March as the impact of the Russian invasion continues. We get the latest on the war from Christian Leiprecht, Professor at the Royal Military College at Queen's University. And finally, what is automation when it comes to your personal finances and how could it help you spend less money and save more of your hard-earned dollars? We discuss this set-it-and-forget-it strategy with financial educator and CEO of Credit Canada, Bruce Celery. Last night, the Premier laid out a plan to give Albertans some relief from their financial stress. How will it impact us as taxpayers and what is the end result? Chris Sims is the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and joins us now to break it all down. Hello, Chris. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Uh, appreciate it. I did see uh, an email from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation this morning saying that you, the organization itself, pleased with the tax on the gas being cut. Can you break down sort of, you know, what you heard in the, the speech last night and uh, the benefits? Let's start with the, the good things that you found in it. Definitely. Well, it was mostly good things, and that's really good news. I know you guys there at the newsroom and at the station are probably hearing lots of bad news, people not being able to afford basics right now. So it was nice to hear some relief. And some specifics are good. So for the next six months, at least, the entire provincial gas tax will be gone. So that means that in total, it's 13 cents off the cost of gasoline and diesel. So when you do a fill-up, that saves you around $15 on filling up your pickup truck or $10 every single time you're filling up your minivan. And so that does go a long way when you're trying to afford groceries. I know for 15 bucks, I can get a roast chicken and a jug of milk. So that helps. It also helps with diesel because, of course, that's 13 cents off the cost there at the pump. And diesel trucks deliver everything, like everything we eat, so groceries, everything we use, our supplies. And so that was the major relief that we saw coming out of that from the CTF's perspective uh, that will help folks. The connectivity, I, I like what you're saying about that, uh, Chris, when it comes to the different you know, pieces of the puzzle that are affected by this. Uh, but we were seeing, and I did see from a couple of political scientists online last night mentioning that whereas a lot of people are covered, there will be some people that say, well, really, there's not a ton in it for me. I I, I take the bus. I don't have kids. I'm not a senior. Um, You know, uh, what do you say to that as far as, you know, being broad enough last night? Great question. So uh, just before and during the leadership debates that they were having, they also agreed to re-indexing our incomes. And what that means in normal people talk is that they're reducing our income taxes. So if you're a working person, you won't be paying as much. On average, I think former Premier Jason Kenney said it would save you about $300 a year. So that was already previously announced and re-announced last night. So if you're a working person, you're going to be saving there. They also announced that they're going to be re-indexing benefit payments for those who are disabled or who are on income assistance. So again, that means that you're going to be getting uh, more benefits into your bank account and paying less income tax on that stuff. So that helps. And everybody eats, 
right. And our groceries are delivered largely by diesel trucks. And so hopefully uh, we will see some of those savings trickle down. And then also keep in mind, you know, every time you have to call a repair person, right, they show up in their truck, they show up in their vehicle. That fuel surtax, that fuel charge should be able to go down now that we're seeing a reduction in the fuel price. Keep in mind now, when you go to the pump, every single tax that we see there, it's about 26, 27 cents a liter or so. All those taxes are federal now, including the federal carbon tax. There's no provincial taxes at the pump anymore. Chris, you know, and I know that's the job of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is to, you know, keep an eye on things, keep uh, political parties honest, as Mm -hmm. honest as we can. Is this kind of (laughs) one of the first times you can remember being so positive about an announcement like this? Well, I will admit I'm a little bit shell-shocked because I've moved here from British Columbia <laughs> where where we pay right through the nose for our fuel and our taxes, especially in the lower mainland. Uh, it's 75 cents a litre per litre of gasoline in, low, in Vancouver is taxes. Mm. So me coming here and having it being 20-something cents a litre is a relief. That being said, yeah, it's a huge difference. It's one of the reasons why it's so unaffordable in that area. Um, and it's why we moved to Alberta with my family. Um, but that being said, we have to hold these folks to their promises. Mm-hmm. And that is why we do things like uh, pledge signing. So no PST. While I am premier, all of the leadership candidates, save one, signed that, including mm-hmm. the premier. No tax increases. While I am premier, massive promise signed right there in Sharpie. So while we're happy right now, we're going to have to have a big job ahead of us to make sure they keep these promises. Very interesting, and we appreciate you breaking it down Mm -hmm. for us, Chris, because it's super timely, and now, like you say, it affects each and every Albertan. Thanks so much. It does, and very quickly, um, I just wanted to reach out to people and say we've been getting more phone calls and more emails from folks who are working and struggling, and that is one of the reasons why we see record food bank use, especially in Alberta. It topped the ranks, and I just wanted to reach out and say we're listening we hope everybody's listening to you, and we hope that you guys get some relief that you guys need. Great message. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you. That is Chris Sims, Alberta Director, Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Russia's attacks on Ukraine have escalated, now causing power outages that could last throughout the winter. Joining us now with the latest on the war is Christian Loypresh, a professor at the Royal Military College and Queen University, and as well author of Intelligence as Democratic Statecraft, published by Oxford University Press. Good morning to you, Christian. Appreciate you joining us again. Good morning, Sue. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. So uh, the power outages in, U- in Ukraine, this is because of bombing? Is this what's happening now? And, and uh, obviously intentional as we get into the cold months? Yeah, that's obviously the immediate tactical sort of effort. The broader effort here is, of course, to break the will of the Ukrainians to continue to fight and to try to force them into a settlement. Um, General Surovikin, who Putin put in charge of the campaign in Ukraine, is the same general that orchestrated uh, the devilish uh, bombing of Aleppo in Syria and the incredible human suffering there. And so he's basically using uh, the same method uh, that worked for him there, but on a much grander scale and with much greater even suffering uh, in Ukraine in the hopes that uh, Ukraine will basically... uh, um, uh, bow out of this uh, of this fight, and so people always say that the most important thing is to keep allies and Western populations on side. The real critical element here is making sure we actually keep the Ukrainians themselves uh, on side and on this fight, because if we're serious about saying that 
we want to enforce a Ukrainian sovereignty, then we also need to make sure Ukrainians can make their own decisions and not under Russian duress. So with these power outages, planned power outages, how are they scheduled? And is it still enough for Ukrainians to go about their daily businesses, uh, daily business and live their lives? Well, I mean, we're at a situation that's critical now when President Zelensky asks people to leave the country because he has serious concerns about the ability to sustain the electricity grid and is basically signaling that it is unlikely uh, that the grid will be able to become more resilient and more stable uh, before the springtime, before April. Uh, that's uh, a pretty serious um, indication that uh, things are very difficult and are likely to going to become uh, even more difficult. Um, so it's not just the bombings, of course, it's uh, Russia controlling some of the key assets, such as the Zaporizhia power plant, um, and it's Russia now trying to compromise the electricity lines from uh, the West running into Ukraine. One of the curiosities about the missile that fell in Poland uh, was that it fell very close to one of the key transmission lines into Ukraine where Europe could support Ukraine uh, with European electricity. So overall, a very difficult situation. Professor, do you think, there, is there anything more Canada could be doing or should be doing, you know, to sort of de-escalate or to help within this situation? That's a good question because, I mean, everybody's hoping for a de-escalation. The question is, what would a de-escalation look like? Uh, presumably, people are hoping that Ukraine and Russia will come to the table and hammer out an agreement. Uh, but Ukraine, for the time being, clearly feels it has the initiative. So why would it sit down with uh, Russia to negotiate and it wouldn't trust any agreement that it forges? And Russia and the current conditions, clearly, if you're trying to um, uh, bomb your opponent into submission, that's not a good indication that you're actually interested in negotiating anything. Uh, so I suspect short of prisoner exchanges and perhaps a continuation of the current grain deal, um, there's not a, any immediate prospect that I see for de-escalation per se, but we saw the very nuanced and muted response by the United States and allies on the missile that fell in Poland. So I think it also shows that NATO and NATO member countries are clearly not interested in escalating in the way that some of the Ukrainian rhetoric uh, is hoping for. We have seen, Professor Loiprecht, of course, the world coming together, sending weapons, sending military know-how and tactical training as well as medical supplies. That's how we've been able to help to this point. I'm wondering when the Russians decide to weaponize, for example, electricity and utilities, are there ways that countries can help Ukraine get back on the grid and get the power they need? Yeah, I mean, we've sent weapons, as you point out, but um, Russia has also been very effective in containing Western efforts to send weapons, in particularly longer range weapons and heavier weapons, for instance, such as the German Leopard tanks, where the Germans have said they're simply not going to be providing those. Um, on the civilian side and critical infrastructure side, uh, some of this is challenging because some of that infrastructure is not Western built infrastructure. So yes, we can help, um, but uh, unfortunately, as in many cases in this conflict, we were not effectively prepared, even though several analysts, including myself, warned about uh, this is likely what the fall and winter is going to look like. Uh, once again, we're behind the eight ball, now trying to scramble about what can we do to make sure that the lights stay on in Ukraine. Uh, and I suspect that our abilities to provide those sorts of resources in the short term um, are unfortunately relatively limited. So it's going to be a very difficult winter for Ukraine and probably the best 
we can do is make sure that uh, Ukraine effectively continues to have uh, the money and doesn't go bankrupt uh, so that it can stay in this fight and we can also keep its people and its economy going through these extremely difficult times. Professor, thank you so much for the update this morning. Thanks for your time as well. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That is Christian Loyprecht, professor at the Royal Military College and Queen's University. So interesting to me uh, as far as uh, that is concerned when it comes to the weaponization of utilities. So I think that's what mm. this means. We have to keep talking about it on the show at least a, a couple times a week. I mean, sometimes there's no new developments, but you can imagine being in that war zone. The death and destruction that still very much continues. But at the same time, what can we do? So we'll, we'll keep uh, it in the conversation. The conversation yesterday, all eyes were on 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, Premier Danielle Smith with the address. And a lot of detractors, why is she doing this? Why? Well, because she can. She is Premier, and I think it's great. I've had some detractors on, on the uh, text line who says, why are you kind of poo-pooing what she's saying? I'm not in the least. I, you know, it was actually the announcement was had more content, had more meat on the bone than I expected. I think for a lot of people, yeah. And, and targeting not only families but seniors mm-hmm. and, and those with lower income brackets. And actually, Trevor Toom, economics professor from the University of Calgary, came out to say that it will be the cash benefits to seniors and families that will have the biggest benefit for the lowest for sure. income Albertans. I get that. And AISH, yeah, you know, absolutely. recipients also getting a little bit of extra help. All really important yeah. parts of the puzzle. I mean, you know, let's be honest and, and realistic. Yes, she's got to do things moving towards an election, right? Which we have an election My planned point. in six months. So granted, these are all wonderful things, all necessary and helpful for sure. It's all part of the politics play, right? Just I mean, over 180 just days. We have yeah. seen the attack ads from the NDP now for weeks and weeks. You mm-hmm. might even say as early as this summer because we knew it would be coming. So, I mean, yes, indeed, this is, okay, put it this way. If she'd uh, got in uh, under dis- different circumstances at four years ahead of her, would we have an announcement last night? I maybe, don't think we would. Or maybe not as much. No. Maybe not as detailed, maybe not as helpful. So who knows? But, uh, you know, it sounds cynical, but it, it's like that's politics. We all know it doesn't matter what party we're talking about. That's just the way politics works. Here, you buy votes. Here. I mean, everybody does it of every political stripe. What's in it for me Sure, is the question. During this Financial Literacy Month, we've been speaking with Bruce Sellery, the CEO of Credit Canada, getting tips and tricks on how to best handle your money and finances. Well, this week, Bruce is breaking down automation, how to use auto payments to spend less and save more. Hi, Bruce. Hello there. How are you? I'm great. Excellent. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, too. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Okay, enough um, of the love I know. I was, you waited for a beat, and I thought, oh, we're going to spend some of our valuable time doing basic things that have us be polite. Okay. That's, once in a while, we're we Canadian. Do that. What, sure. We once in a while. Okay. Enough of the pleasantries. Break you it down. You look great today, by the way. Thank you. Oh, you, my sound, goodness. you sound fantastic. You extra rested. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. She was on vacation, by the way, mm-hmm. last week. True. I and I and I did use um, bank machines and auto payments while I was gone in order to make sure that my finances were covered while I was out of the country. Thank you for doing your homework, even though you weren't at school. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Tell us about automation and auto payments. How does that actually save us money? Okay, it's a really big idea. It's a really big idea. So why are we talking about this? Because we want to make saving easy 
and spending hard. And our world in the last 10 years has done exactly the opposite. Spending is so easy. You can do one, you can buy $500 worth of stuff on Amazon in about 14 seconds. <laughs> Saving two pennies for retirement or anything you need is brutally hard. So we want to invert that. We want to flip that back. The second reason why I'm so nuts about automation is it helps you to stop wasting willpower. Human beings have a limited amount of willpower, some more than others, but it's limited. It's finite. And so you want to use it well. And where I need my willpower is not eating the Halloween candy that remains in my basement. I hid it from myself. Not well. I didn't. I know where it is. I hid it in the basement, but I know where it is. So that's why we're automating. And what we're doing is two things. We're going to start one big thing and stop one big thing. We're going to start setting up automated transfers to help you get a handle on your savings or get, get rid of debt. And we're going to stop. We're going to remove automation on things connected to spending. What? Okay. So here's how we're going to do this. You're going to connect it to payday. So some people get paid twice a month. Some people get paid every week. Some people get paid every month. You're going to connect this automation to payday and you're going to automate debt repayment. First and foremost, you need to pay the minimum payment on your credit card every single month, no matter what, if you don't, you are breaking your agreement. You are breaking the terms of that credit card agreement. You never can miss the minimum. And sometimes that's the minimum's a stretch, let alone paying it off in full. So automate that minimum payment. Your credit score will thank you. You're also going to automate things that don't change and there's nothing you can do about property taxes, utilities, and all that stuff. And then I want you to automate savings. Once you've eliminated that credit card debt, I want to aut you to automate your savings. So that could be retirement ed kids education. If you have kids, it could be a down payment on a house, a savings for that. And all of that, of course, with the enormous grain of salt that you have to find room in your cash flow to do all that. Now, here's the other thing. I said, you're going to stop doing some stuff. You're Andrew's not going to like anything I'm about to say. <laughs> I want you, I know I want you to remove the autocomplete the autofill of your credit card everywhere it currently exists. It exists on Amazon. It exists uh, on Google. It exists in the Microsoft store. It exists in the Apple store. And the reason I want you to do that is I want you to be annoyed every time you have to go get that physical piece of plasma, like, oh, this is such a hassle. It's not even worth it. Oh, it's not even worth it. I'm not going to spend on that thing. So remove autocomplete. Go through your credit card bill and see the subscriptions that are automatically charged and really get ruthless with yourself and seeing, seeing if anything can be canceled. And then one last thing, I do not automate my cell phone bill. I do not automate my telecom bill. And I know uh, your radio station happens to be owned by someone with an interest in this, but here's why. That is an area that um, where there can be real charges that you have to pay attention to. You got to yeah. go through that thing and ensure that the charges you have are consistent with your usage and all that. So I personally do not automate my cell phone bill. That's a, an interesting one. I think that's a good point because it's also maybe it reminds you, oh, I should call and see if there's a better yeah. package or if there's yeah. a better thing that I can do because I'm not using this, but I'm paying yeah. for it. It is a great reminder yeah. on the cell phones. Yeah. And the, the channels that you may have and all that stuff mm -hmm. versus your, you know, gas or electric. There's no, like, I'm going to call the utility and say, I don't believe I 
use that much electricity. <laughs> I, I turn off my lights and wear sweaters. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I get afraid that I'm going to miss something. I am that, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, uh, settler who still gets mail so I can go through my <laughs> bill with a fine-tooth comb. So you're not saying go that far to get the paper copy. But those things that could change, you want to keep an eye on, you want to look and crack open those emails and those accounts. And you're an exception. I mean, Andrew, in every in so way, many ways. you're an exception. <laughs> in yeah. so many ways. And we mostly mean that as a compliment entirely. <laughs> but that is a critical discipline to go through those bills. I, I'll tell you, here's one secret thing. Don't tell any of your listeners. Okay. I paid for two Spotify accounts for a year. Without for a year. Because I didn't go through my, I went through my credit card statement. I saw Spotify. Amazing. And it was only when I went through both credit cards on the same day that I realized, wait a second, why am I getting charged for Spotify twice? And it turns out a fraudster somewhere in Eastern Europe had been uh, using, a, who had signed up for a Spotify account connected to an email. That was not mine. Ooh. And I'd spent, you know, like that's a couple hundred bucks, right? I called, it was all reversed, but I had to catch that. And I catch something at least twice a year, at was, least. That's Bruce, me too. What On my credit card or on my uh, cell phone statement, somebody had managed to hook up a Netflix account. Like I had a separate Netflix account, but they got it on my, on my oh. uh, cell phone bill and I paid for it for over a year as well. Oh my gosh. And, then and what were they ultimate, watching? Were they watching some interesting things were at least? Were they ever? I didn't want to get caught with that on my record. Uh, but I did right. get it reversed, just like you. But you, you, you can't have that happen if you don't catch it. you got to catch it. Yeah. Okay, so just remind me again, automate your credit card minimum payment. Your savings. Automate your credit card minimum payment. A little, savings automate a little. your utilities, utilities. Automate your savings. Mm -hmm. And so what I, like, uh, we have a graphic at Credit Canada. So here, I'm just going to describe it. It's like a, it's like a, it looks like an org chart. So you've got your after-tax income. It comes into your bank account. In a perfect world of rainbows and butterflies, automatically <laughs> your retirement savings, your retirement savings just disappears on payday. It's mm -hmm. gone. You have no, it's just gone. Mm -hmm. Is out of your account. So in your checking account is let's call it 90% or 80% of the remainder. Then there are three buckets that that automate. One is debt. So that's your mortgage payment, your minimum payment on your credit cards. That's automated. If you know that you can, you know, put 500 bucks towards a credit card, automate that automatic payment. And sometimes you can. Then you automate your savings bucket. So that's something going into an emergency fund. Maybe it's a new car down the road. Maybe it's a, an account for maintenance on your house because you know your furnace is going to go at some point. It's not, you know, it's not an emergency. You own a house, your furnace is going to go. Maybe it's something for vacation. So you've got a bunch of different areas where savings goes. And then fixed expenses. If you rent, that's one thing. Utilities, gas, electric, all that stuff. So it's like this magical swoosh. You know when you're in a Zoom meeting? Have you ever been sent into a breakout room in a Zoom yeah. meeting and you just get swooshed away? It's like that. You want your automation automation to just swoosh. Swooshing with Bruce Celery. I'm not sure if we've uh, talked about next week because I think today's the 23rd, the 30th. Are you with us next Wednesday? Can you I swing? think so if I can score an invitation. You're, gonna You're officially it invited. To the last minute. You are all about financial literacy month to month in November till 11.59 on the 23rd. Yeah. So you're locked <laughs> in. Huh. Um, thank and you. This week, the automation station. You need to pick a song that has automation in it. I don't we'll know work what on that. that song Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. We'll That's be talking. It. Uh, thank you so much, Bruce. Uh, have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada. You can find out more about what he does at creditcanada.com/flm for Financial Literacy Month. His personal website is moolala.ca.